You are listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast. To learn more about Sunnybrook Church, including our Sunday gathering times and opportunities throughout the week, visit us online at sunnybrookchurch.org. Today's talk comes from Pastor Jeff Mose. Good morning. Anybody remember me? (laughs) My grandson actually said to his mother one day, has Papa gone to be with Jesus? He's been gone so long. Not yet. If you want to know where I've been, I certainly spent some time for about a week sermon prepping, getting ready for this upcoming year. We spent some time in vacation. But for the past two weeks, I've actually been in India. I was there in order to see what your finances has created in terms of leading people to faith in Jesus Christ. India was a large part of our Million Dollar for the World campaign, and I got to see what God has done through you. If you know anything about Mission India, they do one thing, lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. They do it in three different ways, church planting, adult literacy, and children's Bible club. And I want to show you a few pictures that Beth took. First of all, this is the church that we attended. There were probably 40 or 50 people that had gathered together in a home. They're beginning to plant this church, and they're reaching their community with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was exciting to see. And then we travel to what is known as an adult literacy class. So they want to learn English in this area, and they use sort of as their primer the Word of God. And many people are coming to faith through adult literacy, and then churches are planted out of that. But probably my favorite thing to see was the Boys and Girls Backyard Bible Clubs of boys and girls coming to trust Christ as Savior and Lord of their life. God is on an incredible move in India, and it's through you and your faithfulness in giving. In fact, I got an opportunity to preach in front of all of the leaders that are trying to reach the Sunderbans, our province for Christ. And man, it's exciting to see. Can I give you some numbers? First of all, in this past one year since you and I have been supporting the work in the Sunderbans area, over 33,000 people have come to trust Christ as their Savior. And the leader of Mission India said, can you tell your church that's because of their faithful giving? 5,530 people have been baptized, 936 prayer groups, 382 worship centers, that is churches. God is on the move in some powerful ways. It is the fastest growing country with regards to Christianity to this very day. But there's tremendous persecution there as well. Pastors are being beat up. Some are being killed. We need to continue to pray for the work of God in India But I just want to say as your pastor, thank you for your faithful giving. This is a result of what you are doing. Now this morning we're starting a brand new series together simply entitled Old Testament Heroes. We're trying to take a look at Old Testament ordinary people, much like you and I, that struggle with fear, but God somehow moved them deeper in their faith and they went from fear to a stronger faith and trust in God. The scripture that I want to use that is sort of driven through this entire series is found in 2 Timothy chapter 1, where Paul writes to the young pastor Timothy, and here's what he says, for God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. That God somehow wants to take us out of the fear of this world, and he wants to move us and drive us deeper in faith and trust in him. And today we're going to take a look at an Old Testament character by the name of Gideon. 
Now, this is not the same Gideon that left his Bible in your hotel room. This is Gideon who stood before the Midianites, and he was actually shaking in his boots. See, here's how the Scripture opens. If you want to follow along, turn in your Bibles to Judges chapter 6, and it says this. The Israelites did what is evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelter for themselves in mountains, clefts, caves, and strongholds. If you know anything about the history of the nation of Israel, some 200 years ago, they had actually defeated the Midianites. But they began to think it was their own strength, their own power that got them a victory, and they forgot about God. And now all of a sudden, God removes his hand of blessing from them. The Israelites are not multiplying, but the Midianites are multiplying. They are breeding like rabbits. In fact, the scripture says they're like a swarm of locusts over the entire earth. And now all of a sudden, they begin to pick on the Israelites. They decided they wanted to get Eve, and they had harbored this resentment and bitterness toward them for some 200 years, and this was their opportunity. Historians tell us that the Midianites were actually the first people to domesticate the camel and use it in warfare. So now as they make their way to the Israelites, they're riding on camels, they have saved all of the energy, and now they fight from the top of camels, and they destroyed the Israelites. In fact, listen, they didn't just want to embarrass them. They actually wanted to punish them. They destroyed their livestock. They burned their crops. And now all of a sudden, they begin to look around and they recognize the Israelites. We've got to run. We've got to flee. We can't handle the Midianites. They're shaking in their boots. So the scripture goes on to say, an angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Beesrite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. Let's just pause there for a moment. Whenever you would thresh wheat, you did it out in the open, you did it on a threshing floor. The wind would come, and as you threw the wheat into the air, the chaff would be blown off, and the good wheat would fall to the ground. You were to do it out in the open, but Gideon's not doing that. Because of the tremendous fear that he has from the Midianites, he's actually threshing wheat in a wine press inside of a cave because he's hiding from the Midianites. And the angel come to him and he said, the Lord is with you. And what does he call him? Mighty warrior. People, listen, this is absolutely hilarious. He was anything but a mighty warrior. His knees are knocking. His hands are shaking. He is hiding from the Midianites. He is not a mighty warrior. But God saw something in Gideon he didn't see inside of himself. People, isn't that often true of you and I as well, that God sees something inside of us that we don't often see inside of ourselves? And he reminds Gideon, listen, the Lord is with you. We know from the New Testament, if God is with us, who can possibly be against us? And he comes to Gideon and he says, listen, the Lord is with you because you are a mighty warrior. And Gideon did the very thing that you and I would have done. He begins to make excuses why he is not the right person to lead this. 
I'm going to talk for a moment about Gideon's insecurities because I think you and I in the Christian life struggle with the same things. First of all, I want you to see this. Gideon was afraid that God wasn't faithful. Gideon was fearful that God was not going to be true to his word. The scripture goes on to say, but sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Now, in all honesty, Gideon should have known the answer to that years before God had sent a prophet, and he said, listen, if you're going to forsake me, then I'm going to remove my hand of blessing from you, and it was happening to the Israelites. But Gideon, in fact, is saying, hey, listen, God, I want to know that you are true to your word. I want to know that you are true to your character, because when I look around, I see just the opposite. Ever struggled with that in the Christian life before where you said to yourself, God, it doesn't look like you're being faithful. God, I've prayed again and again that you would heal my loved one, but they died anyway. God, I prayed again and again you would change my financial situation, but it only seems to be getting worse. God, when I look around me, I see the prosperity of the wicked, but the righteous, they seem to go through great difficulty in their life. God, it feels sometimes like I take one step forward and two steps back. God, can I trust in your character. And the second insecurity I want you to see of Gideon that's probably one that we can more likely relate to is this, Gideon was afraid that he wasn't good enough. There are points in times in the Christian life where I struggle with whether or not God is good. But more so, I struggle with the fact that I am not good enough. Anybody share that? There's been many times in my life where I said, in effect, listen, God, I wouldn't choose me. I'd choose somebody else. God, somebody knows the word of God better than I do. Somebody prays harder than what I do. God, in all honesty, I wouldn't choose me. It's the very thing that Gideon is going through when he says, but Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and besides that, I'm the least in my family. Hey, God, can I remind you of what you already know? My clan's the smallest. It's the entire area, and I want you to know when it comes to my tribe, my family, I'm actually the weakest. I'm the least in my family. Ever thought that before when God has called you to do something? Hey, God, get somebody else. It shouldn't be me. I don't know the word. I'm fearful of speaking in front of other people. God, I wasn't voted most likely to succeed in my class. I was voted most likely to go to prison. God, I wasn't in the top of my class. I'm actually in the part of my class that made the top possible. God, in all honesty, can you get somebody else besides me? Ever been there before? Here's the question I want you to ask yourself this morning. In fact, I want you to meditate on this all week long. What has fear kept you from doing that God is calling you to do? What has fear about yourself, your inadequacies, your inabilities kept you from doing that God is calling you to do? For some of you, are honest this morning, you're fearful of taking the next step in your Christian life. You don't know if you want to get in a discipleship group or a small group. You don't know the word. They might call on you. You might ask you to pray out loud. You're not sure you can do that. God's calling you to get involved in a ministry, a hope center, the youth ministry, those kinds of things. But you're not sure. You have a hard time leading yourself, let alone leading other people. 
God is calling you to share Christ with your neighbor, but you're thinking to yourself, what are they going to think? What's my girlfriend going to think? What's my boyfriend going to think? Do they think I'm some sort of a fanatic? And you live in tremendous fear. Maybe God is calling you simply to step across the line of faith, but you're so fearful of what your peer group is going to think that somehow you're holding back. People, can I remind you this morning that God has not given to you a spirit of fear, but of love, of strength, and of a sound mind? And when you begin to examine the character of God, you're going to recognize that God is true to his word. And even when you begin to examine your own life, you're going to recognize together that God can take even your weakness and somehow use it in some powerful ways in your life. People, can I remind you this morning that God wants to do a Gideon through you? What's a Gideon? A Gideon is when God uses an unsure, insecure, and fearful person to do the impossible. That God somehow wants to bring you to the end of yourself to acknowledge that he's called you to take the next step in your Christian life to move out in ministry, and he's reminding you again and again, I can do through you what you actually can't do in and of yourself, God wants to do a Gideon through you. Now, here's what I'd like to do today. I want to give you two truths that come from this Gideon story. The first truth is this. With God, his strength through your weakness is exactly enough. God's strength through your weakness is actually exactly enough. Listen to what the scripture goes on to say. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? If you like to underline in your Bible, underline that phrase, am I not sending you? I mean, the reality is this, my name, my character, my power is behind you. Here's the reality, I have called you. And if I have called you, don't you think I'll equip you? Don't you think I'll enable you? Don't you think I'll give you the strength to do the very thing that I've called you to do? Am I not sending you? If I could be transparent with you for a moment, I feel that almost every single Sunday morning. I've been preaching for some 35 years, and I often say on a Sunday morning, God, I would have chosen just about anybody but me. God, I don't feel as though I'm strong enough. I don't feel as though I'm spiritually mature enough, and I certainly don't think I have anything to say to these people. But God, here's what I know you do, and for reasons unbeknownst to me, you have chosen me, and you are are going to speak through me because my feeble words don't have the ability to change anybody, but you do. And what I've found week after week is somehow God takes my feeble, frail words, and somehow he uses them to pierce and to penetrate hearts because of the power of the work of the Spirit of God. In fact, people will often come up to me after a sermon and said, when you said such and such, God really spoke to me and he said this, I often want to correct them and say, I never said that. And then I realize this is how God has spoken to you. This is how God has taken my feeble, finite, messed up words and somehow used it in your life to be a difference maker. So the scripture goes on when it simply says this, the Lord said, I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites. 
I will be with you. In other words, I want you to know that if I have called you to this task, here's the reality, I will be with you. There's no need for you to fret, no need for you to fear, no need for you to lie awake at night to the task that I've called you. Here's the reality. If I sent you, I'm actually going to go with you and I'm going to be right alongside of you. I had a bad year in high school. Any of you have sort of a bad year in high school? It was my sophomore year. There was a senior in high school that had decided I had stolen his girlfriend and he was going to beat the crud out of me. When you least expected, Jeff, I'm going to find you and I'm going to beat the crud out of you. I lived in fear the entire year. Transferring into our school was a boy we called Bucky. Bucky was 300 pounds, seven feet tall of solid muscle. Guess who became Bucky's best friend? Me. There was a rumor out there that Bucky had actually killed a guy in his former school with his bare hands. It may or may not have been started by me. <laughs> but everywhere I went, I took Bucky with me. And I remember if I'd walk into class and I'd look at this guy who wanted to beat the crowd of me, I'd say, listen, you talk to Bucky. Because everywhere I go throughout this year, Bucky is going with me. People, you know the presence of God goes with you wherever you're called to go, don't you? You recognize he never calls you, that he doesn't say, my presence will go with you, it will go before you, I will stand beside you. Because I am your savior, I am your strength, I am your redeemer, I am your warrior, and wherever I call you to go, I am going to go with you. So Gideon looks at the situation and he says, in effect, okay, God, listen, I got to know this of you. I mean, I'm still struggling with whether or not I can trust you with your character. I ain't even struggling more so with the idea of can I trust myself. So God, I got to know that this is you speaking. So he makes a decision. He's actually going to test God. Most of the time in Scripture, we're told you shall not put the Lord your God to a test. But in this case, God allowed it. And Gideon lays out before the Lord what is known as a fleece. Ever had that phrase in life today, I'm laying a fleece before the Lord? It comes from Judges chapter 6. It comes from the story of Gideon. And Gideon says in effect to the Lord, listen, so I know that you're in this. Here's what's going to happen. I'm going to lay out a fleece. And the next morning what I'd like to see is this fleece be soaking wet with dew and all of the ground around it I want it to be dry. Sure enough, and he wakes up and God has allowed that very thing to happen. He wrings out the fleece and it's fully wet, but all the ground around it was dry. And then Gideon says, listen, I, I got to know for sure. God, can I ask you for another test? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay out a fleece again the next morning. And here's what I want. I want the fleece now to be dry, just the opposite. And I want the ground around it to be wet with dew. He wakes up the next morning and sure enough, the fleece is completely dry but the ground is covered, saturated in dew. So now Gideon says, in effect, God, I, I can trust you. I, I believe this is from you. You've met this fleece, this test that I've laid out before you. So now Gideon calls the armies around him because he recognized he's going to be the leader of all of this. As much as he's shaken in his boots, he knows he's been called by God, and he knows God is faithful to his word, and he can use even him. 
I don't know what he did. He put up a poster, said, I want you, whatever it might be. But now 32,000 men step forward, and they're part of the army of the Israelites. 32,000 sounds like a lot, doesn't it? I don't think Gideon is thinking that at all. I think Gideon is thinking 32,000 is a good start, but we need a whole lot more. Historians tell us the army of the Midianites at that point in time was about 150,000. They had joined forces of the Amalekites, so they were probably 200,000 strong. Going up against 32,000, Gideon's got to be thinking to himself, not nearly enough. But I want you to see what God's response is. The Lord said to Gideon, you have too many men. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands. Too many men? Are you kidding me? We only have 32,000 and we're going up against 200,000. Are you kidding me? Too few of men? But here's what I want you to see, and this is the second principle with God. The way forward is often the way backwards. Notice that before in the Christian life, that often the way forward with God starts with two steps backwards. Hey, God, I'm crying out, could you heal my marriage? And ever since I've been praying about it, God, it feels like my marriage is getting worse. Hey, God, could you bring my prodigal son home back to you? And when you begin to pray, you begin to recognize maybe it feels as though he's getting farther away. God, I want you to restore my finances. You know how deep in debt I am. And now all of a sudden my car breaks down and I'm even deeper in debt. God, why does it feel with you sometimes the way forward is two steps backwards? God would say to Gideon, and I think he would say to you and I, because I want you to know this is not of your own strength and of your own power. I want you to know when I show up and do a Gideon in your life, I want you to be on a shot of a doubt, know that it was me that came through. So the scripture goes on, in order that Israel may not boast against me, my own strength has saved me. Now announce to the people, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Gilead. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remain. What is 32,000 minus 22,000? Not nearly enough, ain't so? 10,000. And Gideon looks around and he says, in effect, hey God, I didn't feel as though we had enough with 32,000. And now you're going to remove from me 22,000? 10,000 going up against an army of 200,000 is not nearly enough. And then God says, can I be honest with you, Gideon? I'm not done yet. Here's what I want you to do. See that pond over there? I want you to tell the men to go and take a drink of water. Those who bend down and lap it up like a dog, tell them to go home to their mommies. They're not warriors. But those who get down on one knee, keeping their eye for the enemy who is coming and drink in this fashion, those are warriors. Keep them with you. Now, what does he have? 300. He went from 32,000 to 10,000. Now he goes to 300. Hundred. Can you imagine? 
Because God is trying to remind him throughout this story, and God is trying to remind you and I throughout this story, it's not about you, it's not about your strength, it's not about your power. If I have called you to do something, will I not provide? In fact, what I'd like to do is take away the things that you lean on, the strength that you have in your own life, because I want you to know when you are victorious, the honor and the glory belongs to me. So sure enough, the scripture says he makes a decision. He's going to go with these 300. And God says, here's the battle plan that I have for you. I want you to go, and I want you to get all of the horns. Go to the local band high school room, and I want you to gather together all of the horns, and I want you to bring them along with you. Then I want you to get these clay jars, pitchers, if you will. I want you to go up here when the imports, that's closed. Let's go somewhere else, but find some clay pitchers, and I want you to bring them along with you. And then I want you to take some torches and I want you to light them. And when I say it, I want you to blow your trumpets, I want you to smash the clay pitchers on the ground, and then I want you to light your torches. And sure enough, when God gives the go-ahead, they do. And the scripture says that the Midianites actually turn on each other and they destroy each other. And then eventually these 300 are victorious. Because God wants to remind us again and again that when he calls us, he's going to equip us. His presence is going to go with us. And you and I are going to be victorious through him. Because God has not given to us a spirit of fear, but a power of love and of a sound mind. And God wants to do a Gideon in you and he wants to do a Gideon in me. And when you and I begin to recognize the character of God is trustworthy, then you and I are going to put aside our fear even the fear we have in our own inadequacies, and we're going to step up, recognizing that God is going to go with us, and he's going to provide victory to the very thing that he's calling us to do. People, what in your life have you been too fearful to do that God is calling you to do? Can I remind you if you're struggling today with an addiction, you're struggling with the next step in your spiritual life, you're struggling with fear over your marriage or parenting or whatever it might be, can I remind you that God desires to do a Gideon in you? And if you and I would simply lay our weaknesses and our fears before him, he will show up in might and power and push us so that you and I can leave this place of fear and you and I can move with a stronger faith to trust and depend on him. Today, we're going to close this time together with an extended time of worship. We're going to start with a song that speaks to the very thing that we've been talking about. I'm no longer a slave to fear. Why? Because I'm a child of God. I no longer have to be held back with the fear of this world and my inadequacies because the children of God have the very presence of God that goes with them, enables them to do the very thing that they think they can't do. So reflect on your struggle, your shortcoming, your failure as we worship together and allow God to push you in deeper dependence on Him. If you were encouraged by today's talk, check out our Sunnybrook Unscripted podcast where we talk real life, answer questions, and take a deeper practical look at the topics we talk about on a Sunday morning. For other talks, videos, and live gatherings, rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. 
download the Sunnybrook Church app or visit us at sunnybrookchurch.org. And again, thanks for listening to the Sunnybrook Community Church Podcast.